We're just trying to close up the wealth gap. Get to this generational wealth, bet that. We're going to lift off like a jetpack. Time to tune in, not just speaking real facts. Right here is everything you need. This ain't no get rich quick thing. Create your own economy. Cause we ahead of the crypto curve. Yeah. Create your own economy. Let's get ahead of the crypto curve. Yeah. Learn from the queen of crypto, your host. Naja Roberts, leading people out of financial slavery through Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. Create your own economy. Let's get ahead of the crypto curve. Learn to get left behind. Good afternoon, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Ahead of the Crypto Curve, where we are creating Satoshi Millionaires, one family at a time, one day at a time, one Bitcoin at a time, one Satoshi at a time, and ladies and gentlemen, that means you. I am your host, Naja Roberts, and it is my mission in life to lead my people out of financial slavery. I don't just do this show to change the way you think about money, but to make you change the way that you look at money and everything else around you because it absolutely matters. Today is another beautiful day. It is Thursday, June 1st, 2023, and what a fantastic day it is. I don't know, just day by day, ladies and gentlemen, I am getting more and more excited about life more and more excited about the possibilities, more and more excited about the possibility that we can close this wealth gap in this United States of America and around the world. So I'm super excited about that. But before we go any further, let me say happy birthday to my Cryptopian celebrities who have birthdays today. First, we have Tanya Vargas of Washington, D.C. We have Treasure Stewart of Greenwood, Mississippi. We have Tracy Jordan of Madison, Georgia, Charlotte Hayes from Fremont, California, and Keisha Ruffin from New York, New York. To each and every one of you on this fantastic day, ladies and gentlemen, I have to say to you, happy birthday. May your day, may your evening, may this month, because this is a whole month when your birthday is on the first of the, of the month, but on this day, ladies and gentlemen, I wish you all the love, joy, peace, happiness, and bliss that you deserve on this day. And if you would like to get a shout out and you're listening, please feel free to send me a text message to 424-317-7373. Again, that number is 424-317-7373. And I will give you a shout out on your birthday. But ladies and gentlemen, we have just so many incredible things happening in this space. And so we have been doing a lot of talking about different things that are about to take place in the new money space, but it affects the old money space. So I'm trying to help everybody understand exactly what's going on. And I had a listener yesterday send me a quick message and ask me to explain the debt ceiling. 
even though it's passed and everything looks like it's going to be okay, I did state yesterday that bandages have been placed on our economy. And so I will just kind of briefly explain that today and then we'll move on and we'll talk about some of the other things that we need to be talking about as it relates to our economy and the new money because the revolution will be digitized. And so we're going to get in on that in just a few. But before that, we're going to do our quote for the day. And I've been finding quotes about change because I know that change is one of the hardest things that we have to face mentally and some of us, you know, get into the physical when it's like, oh, you know, your whole body, everything tense is tense when you think about having to change. Change is something that not a lot of people want to embark on, but because money is changing and the world is changing, we are going to have to make some changes as well. So with that, I found a quote that says, embrace uncertainty. Some of the most beautiful chapters in our lives won't have a title until much later. And that is a quote from a gentleman by the name of Bob Goff. Again, embrace uncertainty. Some of the most beautiful chapters in our lives won't have a title until much later. Bob Goff. All right. So let me answer the quick question that somebody asked me about the debt ceiling. And what we really need to know is there is almost no other country in this world that has a debt ceiling. Legislators elsewhere see what we're doing right now in the United States as redundant. Politicians can argue about taxes and spending and writing budgets, but once they pass those budgets, they should not or don't debate in other countries on whether to pay their country's bills or not. It just Again, it's redundant. So if you think in terms of a family budget, and this is my explanation as to what this debt ceiling means. If you think of everything in terms of your family budget, you can see why the rest of the world actually scoffs and laughs at the idea that we're going back and forth about paying bills here in the United States. If you as a family sit down and come up with a serious decision over whether or not you can afford to buy a new house or a new car or anything that's actually a big ticket item and then you all decide to buy it and then you go out and buy that car or that house there isn't really much point in everybody arguing back and forth whether or not to pay the actual bill reneging on it will only worsen the family's finances right and so that is exactly what the united states does way too often we come up with what we're going to spend, we spend it, we borrow the money, and then we argue back and forth on whether or not we're going to pay our bills. And so in this in the background, um, Biden originally was insisting publicly and privately that he would not negotiate over increasing the debt ceiling. Doing so, he said, would encourage future ransom demands when the country again approached its debt limit. But instead of abandoning, instead, he had to really abandon his position. And I get it. He did not want to be blamed. He didn't have any choice. If he refused to negotiate anything that might have happened, he would have took the blame for it. He didn't want it on his head, on his watch. And I get it. But his surrendering showed that the Democrats 
the entire country would benefit from a longer term solution to the debt ceiling. But honestly, ladies and gentlemen, as long as it exists, it will create economic uncertainty and give Republicans an extra opportunity to cut spending. And they're going to do things in different ways. Um, you know, they've already come up to an agreement, but the bottom line is it's not going to stay the same. Uh, they're going to pull and move stuff around and all of these things are going to continue until the debt ceiling actually goes away instead of the bandage being placed on it. Unnecessary economic turmoil will be recurring. It's going to be a feature of American politics for a, a really long time to come as far as I'm concerned. But the next standoff, I think, is likely to occur in 2025. You got it right, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen the last of this. Again, it was just a band-aid, and we'll see more. When we come forward, we will continue the conversation. This is KBLA Talk 1580. In a moment, more with Najee Roberts as we get ahead of the crypto curve on KBLA Talk 1580. You're listening to Ahead of the Crypto Curve with Najee Roberts on KBLA Talk 1580. All right, welcome forward, welcome forward. So as we discussed yesterday, the date that I am going to be pushing you to really pay attention to again is July 1st, 2023. So that means, ladies and gentlemen, that we are 30 days away from the implementation of the FedNow program, which we know launches on July 1st. We could possibly be hours or days or just weeks away from a nationwide announcement about the central bank digital currencies. And knowing all of this, as I've uh, talked to you about over the last couple of days, will you actually choose to stay to put, stay put in cash despite what's coming for you? This is a real critical question. Will you be devastated because you failed to flee your bank account? and fail to take urgent actions to protect your wealth? Or will you control your future? And because some of these questions are being asked of you, I think it's really important for me to just continue educating us on why we think the way we think today and how our mindset needs to make a quick shift. And so what a lot of people are really wondering, you know, we've been used to centralization, the banks controlling everything, the banks uh, taking control of our money and holding our money. And it's really hard to fathom us being in control of our own money. And I know I get it again. We understand that there has to be a mindset change. So I am going to just do today a little bit more educating to allow you to understand why you think the way that you think. And, um, you know, just really try to hone in and help our community understand the intricate parts of things and systems that have been put in place that we actually don't see. So for those of you who have degrees, those of you who have gone to college, those of you that have studied economics, you will start to see how things have been put in place to make us think the way that we think. And so obviously the system that we're in right now is broken. And I am saying to you that decentralization is a better economic system. And so inflation, bank failures, de-dollarization, and now this debt ceiling that they just actually passed, uh, in the larger scheme of things, ladies and gentlemen, it is a hot mess. It is a, uh, just a hot mess. 
what's going on. And so um, we need to be transitioning from centralized economy to a decentralized one. And prayerfully, you're working a little bit at a time to do that in your household. But in its present form, the economics is often referred to as a dismal science. Some of you have heard that word before, dismal science. Well, I'm going to introduce it to some of you today. The study of economics was actually hijacked in the early 20th century by world-improving centralizers, the people that want to be in control of the money and the economy. And when I was in college and I was taking macroeconomic courses, and I'm pretty sure it's the same today because they haven't done much by way of actual curriculum, you will study a ton of confusing mathematical formulas, graphs, and charts. You will come out of that meat grinder thinking that physical and monetary policies can actually be managed by a small group of people that are these financial experts who simply pull levers and push buttons to soften all the booms and the bust cycles. And that's actually what I thought uh, and how I thought things worked out until I really started digging deep into this system. And clearly, that is not the way that things are supposed to be done. But how do we get here? And so I want to actually introduce you all today to something called Keynesian economy. And I want to put it up against the Australian, um, not Australian, Austrian economy. And so since the Great Depression, our Keynesian economic system was actually established. It is a top-down centralized system. Again, these systems were in place before some of us were born, before some of us even had the opportunity to even get a fighting chance in this economy. And so when we think about and we talk about the fact that people are behind the A-ball, that there's such a large wealth gap, you've got to understand that these mechanisms have been in place. And there's really nothing that you can do inside of their centralized system that will help you get ahead because it's already been established and made up this way. But anyway, this Keynesian, and I'll spell it for those of you that are doing your research, K-E-Y-N-E-S-I-A-N, Keynesian Economics. It was actually named after a gentleman by the name of John Maynard Keynes, K-E-Y-N-E-S. That's where they got Keynesian economics. And it was he emphasized uh, government intervention in the economy to promote economic growth and stability. Accordingly, in the times of economic bust, the government should actually increase spending and lower taxes to stimulate demand. Now, again, that's Keynesian economics. And that's those buttons and levers again that you think are going on behind closed doors with right now, the fact that we've got a strangling national debt of 31 trillion with the T dollars, rising interest rates and inflation that is just brutalizing our communities. Centralized government intervention is not working as it was promoted in this Keynesian economic space. In contrast, you have the Austrian, which is A-U-S-T-R-I-A-N, Austrian economics, 
which is associated with thinkers, thinkers like Ludwig von Mises, and there's a couple of other individuals that put together something for their government that actually stresses the importance of free market and limited government intervention. Imagine that, limited government intervention, and it's working. But guess what this actual Austrian economics actually argues? It argues that the market forces should be allowed to naturally adjust without government interference. It emphasizes the role of the individual decision-making, price signals, and savings in determining economic outcomes. What a novel idea. Austrian economics generally advocate for minimal government intervention and favor this approach to the economy. They are talking about the sovereign individuals. No buttons, no levers, no manipulation by anybody. As you can see, this is a bottom-up decentralized approach, which is absolutely incredible, and it is much needed. But you know what? The United States has their own way that they do things, and they're going to continue from the top to the bottom, and we want to be from the bottom to the top. And so if we are to do anything in today's economy, we are definitely going to have to take our self-sovereignty, our self-sovereign individual approach, and really take a look at trying to live our lives stress-free with as little government interference as possible and really taking a look at that Austrian economic approach. I mean, it's just, it's, it's going on in another country and they're doing absolutely phenomenal. But then we get back to um, how and why it is so important to just really understand fiat currency versus Bitcoin. Fiat currency and Bitcoin differ, differ in several key aspects because a lot of people are still saying, hey, you know, I think, you know, we're going to have to have that U.S. dollar. It's going to be the best thing. And it may, but you really need to understand the difference. The U.S. dollar is fiat currency and it is issued and regulated by the government. It is 100% centralized meaning that the bank has control over its supply and they can manipulate its value through monetary policies. Again, monetary policies. So when we talk about us being behind the eight ball as it relates to the wealth gap, we understand that there are monetary policies that are in place. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't even remember at this point. I think it was my dad. I don't know if it was my grandfather or my dad because it was said a couple of times and I just picked it up as my own, but I believe it was my dad who said to me, because I used to, I had a very, very good friend of mine who was a gambler and I never gambled, but from high school, 11th, 12th grade, we would hang out in the casino uh, and my friend, very good friend would gamble. And yeah, it was my dad because my dad said, uh, you never win at another man's game. And I am telling you right now, what we're looking at is another man's game. They have absolutely manipulated and put monetary policies in place that are ensuring that nobody wins except those who created the game. 
And so in order for us to get out of the game and do what we need to do, we've got to take a step back and figure out what sovereignty looks like and really control our own thing. Their fiat relies on a trusted third party for transactions such as banks. Again, all that they do controls the money through the centralized monetary system. The value of the U.S. dollar has declined by 99 percent since uh, uh, 1930. Um, and the debt in the deficit charts are out there. And for anybody, I'm not going to actually put it on my social media because I just am not going to put it on my social media. But ladies and gentlemen, 99 percent. The dollar has actually declined since 1930. And what does that mean? Because you hold that dollar in your hand, you say, well, Naja, you know, it doesn't look like the, the dollar has lost its value. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, what you used to pay for, for with a dollar, what you used to pay for for a nickel, you can't buy right now. I think back when my grandmother and grandfather used to tell me that they could buy a whole Coca-Cola with a nickel. Well, right now, you're not buying a Coca-Cola with a nickel. In fact, the last time I stopped for gas, a Coca-Cola was almost three bucks just for the little small one. And I'm not talking about the big leader. And so that's how our money is actually declining. And so we don't look at it like that, but that is actually factually how it actually happens. And so on the other hand, Bitcoin is decentralized. It's a digital currency created through the process called mining. It operates on a peer-to-peer -peer network. Again, no central banks, no bankers, nobody with any real vested interest in place. It is peer-to-peer. -peer. It is a network. It eliminates the need for intermediaries. Bitcoin has a limited supply. I don't say it enough. There is only 21 million Bitcoin that will ever be created. And we, as consumers, as, as I'm not going to call us consumers because we're not regular consumers, we as uh, Bitcoiners or Cryptopians, whatever you want to call us, uh, we are definitely understanding with Bitcoin having a list, limited supply of only 21 million, it is imperative that we stack and get what we can before the value is actually going up. But Bitcoin is based on supply versus market demand. And as all these other things go haywire that we've been talking about for the last couple months. People are looking for a safe space to put their funds. And so while we are stacking our Satoshis, people are being distracted right now. All kinds of other things are going on. And I'm super excited about it because it gives us an opportunity to increase our market share as it relates to the Satoshis that we hold. Because in my opinion, and I've not said this much on the radio, but I'm going to say it today. I am really, really feeling like that in my grandchildren's days, one little Satoshi that we purchase right now will be equivalent to a dollar. And so if one of those Satoshis is equivalent to a dollar, me holding an entire Bitcoin, because I said most families need to shoot for a goal of one Bitcoin in their portfolio, just one. Even if you don't have one, get a half of one. But if you had one in your portfolio, ladies and gentlemen, I think that eventually one whole Bitcoin will be worth $100 million. And that's because one Satoshi is going to equal a dollar. And so I just think that this is absolutely incredible. And at the time of this show today, 
Bitcoin right now is trading at $26,970. And so one US dollar is, in my opinion, right now equal to uh, that $26,970 in Bitcoin. But, you know, that's neither here nor there on the price or what it is actually worth or what it's going to be worth in the future because we are looking forward to brighter days. We understand that the devil, the, the digital revolution is upon us and it will definitely not be televised. Decentralization is here to stay. Hopefully you're embracing it. Hopefully you're thinking about how to make the change. Hopefully you are learning a little bit more every day about how there are systematic things that are in place that keep us from growing financially. And unless we step out of those boxes and into this new era, we are going to continue getting what we have gotten. So if you need to do your research, ladies and gentlemen, we are on the Keynesian economy trajectory and we need to be on the Austrian economy trajectory. So when we come forward after news, sports and traffic, we will continue the cryptocurrency conversation. This is Ahead of the Crypto Curve with Naja Roberts on KBLA Talk 1580. Say the quiet part out loud. loud. KBLA Talk 1580. <laughs> Heard any other talk radio lately that sounds anything like this? We didn't think so. You're listening to Unapologetically Progressive KBLA Talk 1580. All right. Welcome forward. Welcome forward. Let's jump into the cryptocurrency conversation. So we are looking at the market update, and I am, of course, taking this from CoinMarketCap. Right now, Bitcoin is trading at $27,022, and it is up in the last hour, 0.18%, down in the last 24 hours, 0.10%, and in the last seven days, it is up 2.59%. Ethereum is trading right around $1,875. It is down in the last hour, 0.03%. In the last 24 hours, it is up 6, uh, it's actually 0.63%. And in the last seven days, it is up 3.3%. Now, of course, you all know that that big jump is happening with XRP because there are still a lot of people that are waiting around. They're fans of the token. They're eagerly waiting to see what the ruling of the SEC's lawsuit against Ripple is going to be. And that could come at any day now. And again, a lot of people suffer from FOMO, fear of missing out. And so they're jumping into Ethereum. I mean, jumping into XRP not Ethereum. They're jumping into XRP and they are really hoping that they're going to get rich quick from buying XRP tokens. Those that have XRP are definitely telling their friends and family that something good and positive is going to happen with the SEC. And that's how the word spreads. And that's why people just jump right in and get themselves all involved with XRP. And that's what's happening. And it's causing the price to go up. And so there, in my opinion, is not a lot of market manipulation, but also there is a lot of excitement. And while I'm talking about market manipulation, 
let me share something and I'm going to have to dig a little bit deeper tomorrow to share with you how everything that we know is changing. Something happened last year that really took me back. It made me take a step back and it made me do my due diligence more before I say something. Um, and it wasn't something that I actually said on the radio, but after getting off the radio and researching some of the things that were happening along, you know, remember that time where Trump was saying that he was going to go to jail or get arrested or indicted in New York. I actually saw a real video, ladies and gentlemen, of Donald Trump being arrested. And, you know, he was fighting with these police officers and, and, and trying to resist arrest only for me to find out that this was a computer generated type of a scene and that Trump had in fact not been arrested. And it was put all over this back social media, uh, this, I'm going to call it this backdoor social media group that I've been looking at and dealing with and watching to only find out that it was artificial intelligently done, meaning it wasn't a real video, but it looked like it. It sounded like his voice. It looked like they were actually accosting him and all of these other things. It really made me say, oh my goodness, we're in trouble. And so I'm bringing this up today because there's something that we need to know about trading. A lot of people are getting involved in these uh, trading platforms that have bots, B-O-T-S, for those of you that are researching. They get involved in these, these platforms because they have these bots that do significantly better than people as it relates to trading. But these bots actually function off of news. They function off tweets. They function off social media and they find different things that could possibly go wrong and help you move your money in or out as needed. Well, with artificial intelligence and all of the things that bad actors are starting to do with artificial intelligence, it actually hurts the algorithm if you're using a bot for trading. And case in point, I'm going to break this down so you all understand this more. But those of you that are involved in those types of platforms, I want to tell you to beware because there was just some things that happened in the last week where the bots got the wrong information because there was actually fake news created that said that the Pentagon was under attack and it showed the Pentagon going up in smoke and some other things and it was artificial intelligence generated it caused the trading bots to start pulling people's money and moving people's money around and people lost a whole lot of money. But ladies and gentlemen, this is the beginning of an era of where we really need to be careful about what we take in and we need to kind of almost wait around to see if it's even, uh, if, if it's even true. Um, it, it, it goes back to a, a saying that I heard when I was little where it said, believe half of what you see and none of what you hear. And back then it didn't mean much to believe half of what you see because most of the time when you saw something, it was what it was. But right now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to say in this new AI era, believe half of what you see. 
and none of what you hear. And that that statement was really be before its time. But AI has been around a long time and I can't help to, but to think, were they actually talking about artificial intelligence? But back to cryptocurrency and trading and these things, bots are actually going to be negatively affected by the fake news that comes out with artificial intelligence. So if you're investing in a coin such as, let's just call it the black chair coin, and the, the bot is trading it for you, and somebody goes on social media and they do a tweet or they do uh, something that shows that the black coin CEO said that he no longer wants people uh, to participate because, you know, all, I don't know, they, they can make racial marks, they can do anything, and it really can send a bunch of news going crazy. It can send people commenting on it. It can it can make people just do all of these things before the fact is actually checked, and it can adversely affect us. And so when you're going to be participating with these bots and things of that sort, just know, ladies and gentlemen, everything that we know is changing. And I caution you right now that people are sitting back laughing at how they can actually manipulate these markets using artificial intelligence. And they're sitting every day trying to figure out how they are able to benefit from it, but not only how they're able to benefit at, uh, from it, but also how they're able to make other people lose at it and having fun with it. And it's nothing fun about losing money. And so again, self-sovereignty, having and controlling your Bitcoin or your cryptocurrency in your own wallet is still of utmost importance. We have got to get that in our heads. And while bots may again help us gain more money or actually create more money with the with the funds or the Bitcoin or the cryptocurrency that we put in there, I, I always have to say, because I hate to call people greedy, but it is actually the essence of wanting more and more and more of something without doing it yourself or not having to put in the work. And even if you were doing it yourself, again, at least you get another layer of due diligence. Right now, the bots are reacting to all the news and all the things that they're pulling in off the internet. And if AI is starting to shape those things and create false news and fake tweets and all kinds of things, we're in for one heck of a time as we try to invest in those different types of ways. So again, just a warning signal and sign for those of you that are trading with bots for cryptocurrency and even in the fiat space. This is KBLA. When we come forward, we will continue the conversation on Ahead of the Crypto Curve. KBLA Talk 1580. New money, new money. We've got you covered. Keep it locked to the midday money chain on KBLA Talk 1580. Now, now let's get back to ahead of the crypto curve with Naja Roberts on KBLA Talk 1580. All right, welcome forward. Welcome forward. Let's talk about something that is one of the latest pieces of cryptocurrency news in the headlines today. First and foremost former head of SEC, Office of Internet Enforcement, has a warning for influencers. Now, let me just say this. Since the beginning of my tenure here in the cryptocurrency space, we have had a slew 
of cryptocurrency token holders, uh, cryptocurrency companies coming in trying to shield cryptocurrencies to our community. Shield, S-H-I-L-L. We call it shielding. And they shield coins to our community in hopes that they will get their numbers up that we will buy in and then they can do what's rod pools. And so because we had a brick and mortar cryptocurrency exchange starting back in 2017, we had people walking in, begging us to talk to our community about their coin. And because I really saw how harmful some of these cryptocurrencies could actually be in stealing our money, I actually opted out from the very beginning. And I'm glad that I had that experience because had I not seen it myself, how people create cryptocurrencies and come in and try to offer you money and bribe you to talk to your community about those coins, I probably would have had a different um, thought, like just like a Kim Kardashian that didn't know anything about the space, but decided to take a million dollars in order to talk to it, uh, talk to it, talk about it with her listeners and her following. Um, so I'm just really grateful to the most high that he really set me up in such a way where I could actually see how people were getting bamboozled. Therefore, I never put myself in a position to take a dime from anybody in this space because I did not want to be responsible for their failure or lack thereof uh, of people being able to create the wealth that they've been promised. And so shilling of cryptocurrency is something that's been done by influencers over the years. And again, yes, they made plenty of money. Yes, they've done incredibly uh, for themselves, but they have not done incredible for those people that follow and listen to them. And so the FTC, um, the SEC, the CFTC has really got a warning going for those individuals that are pushing and shilling cryptocurrencies to their community. They're telling them that they will get caught and they will get prosecuted and there will be charges against them. And last week, a gentleman by the name of France, uh, Francis Sabo, notorious cryptocurrency influencer that goes by the name of Ricky Bobby, was accused of a $100 million security fraud scheme to manipulate the price of cryptocurrencies. And over at the CFTC, the agency also warns that derivatives that are focused on clearinghouses will also be looked out and they will be figuring out what risk will be tied to these cryptocurrency transactions. And the bottom line is, ladies and gentlemen, if somebody is telling you to buy something, you need to think twice. And if you're a cryptocurrency influencer listening to me today, it will not behoove you to push or promote anybody's cryptocurrency, no matter how much they're going to pay you, unless you plan on spending the majority of that, bailing yourself out and buying yourself an attorney. And I'm just going to continue to steer clear of that whole entire debacle because that is exactly what it is. But please take note uh, for everyone, even if you have friends and family that are, are uh, promoting cryptocurrencies and things of that sort, they're going to come at they're going to come after the least of us. 
because that's usually what they do. And so I've always known that. I've always known that I've got to keep my eyes dotted and my T's crossed. And steering clear of these has really, uh, you know, I haven't made the lion's share of the money most people have made in the cryptocurrency space. But you know what? I sleep well at night and I'll continue to say that. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, when we come forward, we will discuss what we are doing in the month of June to make sure that a thousand families are on the other side of money. When we return, when we come forward, we will continue this cryptocurrency conversation. This is KBLA Talk 1580. You're linked to the Midday Money Chain with Lynn Richardson and Naja Roberts exclusively on KBLA Talk 1580.